0: what is going on ethos lakers boys and girls and thank you for joining me on this uh late night recording gets you ready for the holiday weekend edition of the ethos lakers podcast and the reason why i'm recording so late later than i usually would a before midnight posting on a friday night would not normally be the ideal time to record a podcast but a couple of reasons why it's so late. Number one, I was watching Top Gun: Maverick earlier, and man, what a hell of a movie! I don't know if you've seen the original Top Gun. It doesn't really matter that much if you haven't. If you like action movies, if you like Tom Cruise, it's this is just a plain old good time at the movies. But that's not what this podcast is here is about. So tonight, May twenty seventh, two thousand twenty two. The Lakers have some relevant news on the night that the Miami Heat extend the Eastern Conference Finals to a Game 7 after a wondrous Jimmy Butler performance, one for the ages. And we'll talk about that in a little bit here for the Ethos Heat portion of this uh, Ethos Lakers podcast, because I'm recording solo and I can do what I want. But before the Miami Heat game started, it was announced by Woj that the Lakers have finally selected their head coach and of the three choices kenny atkinson terry stotts uh, they went with darvin ham who by no means wasn't their third choice i'll just mention that third here for the effect of drama but darvin ham is an assistant at milwaukee he's got a coaching pedigree where over the years he's coached several big stars kobe bryant Giannis Antetokounmpo, he comes from the coaching tree of Greg Popovich, Mike Budenholzer. And one thing that I don't know if people are super aware, but assistants are really important. I wasn't too keen on the idea of hiring Terry Stotts for the Lakers, but I would have been okay with Kenny Atkinson, because... From what I can tell, he's sort of the defensive architect of what it is that the Warriors do. And the Warriors do everything well. They do offense well. They do defense well. They make Steph Curry look like a really good defensive player at times with their schemes. Clay Thompson, to the basketball novice, is an amazing one-on-one defender. He's done really well against Luka in the Western Conference Finals. And even before, he would do pretty well against, um, you know, other players in the playoffs. And then, of course, Dray- Draymond Green, one of the better defensive players of all time. And so I would have been really okay with Kenny Atkinson. And I feel like Kenny Atkinson would have come with the endorsement of Draymond Green, who would have relayed that endorsement to LeBron James. But what I like about the Darvin Ham hiring is, similar to Ty Lu, Darvin Ham used to play in the NBA. Now they didn't have a great career. You pull up his basketball reference. He played in 417 games in his career, put up 2.7 points for his career, grabbed a couple of rebounds, half an assist. He shot really well from the field at 51%. His best season, he was a 5-point-per-game scorer for Milwaukee in the year 2000, which was 22 years ago. And that was after he spent a year in Spain. And so to look at his professional career nothing about it is too exciting but he was a great highlight player he was a great leaper he produced highlight dunks in college of which i saw a lot of cuz he went to texas tech and so you know i saw some of him in college and he had some moments in the nba but one thing that i think is pretty apparent is lebron james respects former players he respected Ty Lue, he really respected Jason Kidd, which is why I think Jason Kidd would have been a good head coach had he been given the chance. And so that's the reason why I wanted Darvin Ham was because the fact that he was a former player, even though he wasn't a great player, neither was Ty Lue. Jason Kidd obviously was an outstanding player in back in his day. And of course, he would command the respect of LeBron James because of the way that he played. But yeah, LeBron really seems to gravitate towards uh, the former players. And those are the ones he seems to really like playing for. And so I think to get LeBron to buy in, I think with Frank Vogel, he bought in a little bit to the extent that Frank Vogels a really smart coach. And I think to get the attention of a guy like LeBron James, you have to either be a former player or you have to be really smart which is not something that David Blatt was, which is why that was a disaster the moment it started. I don't know how much LeBron ever really respected a guy like Paul Silas. I don't know how much he ever really respected a guy like Mike Brown. I think with Mike Brown, it was really early in his career as a coach. And so I think now he would probably have a little little bit more respect for Mike Brown as a coach, but that's a bridge that I think is long since been burnt with lebron but yeah suffices to say big story of the night the lakers have chosen their head coach and they have chosen darvin ham i for one pretty happy with that choice remains to be seen what it is that his skill set is as a coach is you know like with jason kid you see that he's going to develop luka or he's gonna work a lot with Luca. I think with Kenny Atkinson, it would have been similar to Frank Vogel in that would have would have, the philosophy would have been very schematic. And I don't know if that's the best way to reach a player like LeBron James. And let's be honest. To be the most effective head coach for the LA Lakers, you've got to get LeBron's buy-in. And I don't even really know that despite the fact that Luke Walton was a former player, I don't know that he ever really had LeBron's respect either. But one thing that does seem to be a positive sign is almost immediately LeBron James did tweet out congratulations for the hiring of Darvin Ham, which is not something he did for Frank Vogel, although he did attend Frank Vogel's uh, press conference when he was announced. But it seems as though this made LeBron happy. And that's really about all you can ask for on the choosing of the head coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, among the things being reported is one of the questions that he was asked is how is he going to best utilize Russell Westbrook? And I think, I think we're coming to a time in which we have to accept that $47 million is just too hard to move especially for a player like Russell Westbrook who's not going to foster a lot of winning and as crappy as it is to say I think the Lakers might be stuck with just one more year of Russell Westbrook because well he hasn't opted in yet he hasn't said he's going to opt in obviously he's going to opt in and that's going to make it really difficult in the free agent market When players like Zach Levine are potentially available, players like DeAndre Ayton are potentially available, Jalen Brunson is going to be an unrestricted free agent from Dallas. There are several ways in which this team could go about getting younger this summer that they're just simply not going to be able to do this season if Russell Westbrook opts in, which he's more than likely going to. But moving on from that, let's take a look at what else is going on in the land of Lakers. They've been working out some rookies. There's talk that they might be able to buy themselves into the second round of the draft, which the last couple of years, Austin Reeves, Taylor Horton Tucker, they've been able to draft pretty well, or in Austin's case, he he was an unsigned or an undrafted free agent. So they've been able to manage to find you know diamonds in the rough really late in the draft or not in the draft at all. But I don't think any of the players that they've worked out is really worth mentioning, talking about. Especially since, I mean, the most interesting is there's a seven-foot Taiwanese prospect who seems to be a good ball handler and a decent shooter. But I think that And I actually tweeted this a little bit with one of the other Ethos uh, writers uh, the other day. I imagine a scenario in which a starting lineup next year is sort of a positionless one. One that ideally would not involve Russell Westbrook, but I think you get... Another seven-footer to put alongside Anthony Davis, and neither one of them is the center. The center is going to be whoever's guarding the other player's tallest player. And for as much as Anthony Davis doesn't want to be a center, when they're playing Utah, who else is going to guard Rudy Gobert? Obviously, that's going to be Anthony Davis. So as much as he doesn't want to be the center, for all intents and purposes, he's the center. But you can sort of fool him and maybe even fool defenses if you put a lineup that's got two seven-footers and three ball handlers who are capable of running an offense. Not so much running an offense, but running a set. So, like, let's say the Lakers bring back Damian James, who was with the Lakers for a minute a couple of seasons ago, spent last season in Sacramento, was a really good shot blocker, was a really athletic player good rebounder decent pick and roll player wasn't a good shooter but you didn't really need him to be he was good defensively you could put damian jones anthony davis as your two seven footers then you got three ball handlers who at any moment can be the de facto point guard one of my favorite moments from hbo's winning time this past season when Jack McKinney was instituting his new offense and he put Norm Nixon and Magic Johnson in at the same time and they both looked at him and said, well, who's the point guard? Well, the answer is whoever has the ball. And so if you have a lineup of two seven-footers, I let's, in a fantasy world, say Damian James, Anthony Davis. Then you've got LeBron James. Then you've got Malik Monk. And then you've got Austin Reeves. Not a traditional point guard in the bunch. But Austin Reeves can run pick and rolls. Malik Monk can run pick and rolls. He can run a set. And obviously LeBron James can play point guard. He just wouldn't guard the other team's point guard in this scenario. And so that's the ideal lineup. And that's something maybe Ham can really play with. And of course there's other dream scenarios that... Could arise if you can get rid of Russell Westbrook's contract or if for whatever reason he doesn't opt in or if you find a trading partner, whatever. In theory, players like Zach Levine could be available. He didn't make the LNBA team this year. So his best chance at making the most money because of bird rights is staying in Chicago. It's a difference of about almost 40 million dollars. He can come to L.A., he would take about a $40 million discount. Yeah, that taxes in, it's probably about a $60 million discount. But he could bet on himself. And if he plays in L.A. and he becomes an all-star in L.A., the next contract could probably be even bigger. That's your hope for a guy like Zach Levine. You hope that he can take less money to come to L.A., with the idea that he's betting on himself for the next three to four years. And he signs the Supermax later. And then you've got other all sorts of other kinds of nonsense that, for the most part, Ethan and I don't really pay attention to. We joke all the time about Heavy.com and their insane articles. And so, I'm bringing up this article just as fodder for us to laugh at right now. Because it's... Pure insanity. The headline reads The Lakers may have chance to make blockbuster trade for Nets star Kevin Durant. Now earlier this week, NBA Twitter went insane after photos of Rob Polinka were released where he was meeting or having lunch with Sean Marks, the Brooklyn Nets. GM or president, not exactly sure of his title at the moment. And people were speculating a Kyrie trade because Brooklyn may not necessarily want to bring back Kyrie. Here's what's going on in Brooklyn. Not to say that it, Kevin Durant trade is impossible because, really, in this league with trades, nothing is impossible. Or as Kevin Durant or as Kevin Garnett would say, Anything is possible. But Brooklyn may not want to bring back Kyrie or they may not want to sign him to a max because of his unreliability. And Kyrie may see that as a slight and take it as insult and just not opt in because he does have a player option. He can walk away. And if he walks away and Kevin Durant is left in Brooklyn by himself there's no way in hell that team is getting out of the playoffs and there's no way Kevin Durant is going to be happy there and so he might demand a trade and yeah in theory I guess in a crazy world this is possible but here's what it would have to start with So you're obviously not going to have some kind of fantasy world in which you've got Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant. The starting point for any potential Lakers Nets deal would have to be Anthony Davis, Taylor Horton Tucker, and several first-round picks, of which the Lakers only have one first-round pick. Remember that. And it's in 2027. So this is a fun idea to fantasize about. LeBron James playing next to Kevin Durant... If Anthony Davis is gone, as tough as the West is, oh, I guess in this theory, I guess in this scenario, they'd be keeping Russell Westbrook. So Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and maybe it'll make the playoffs. Probably get eliminated in the second round. Now, what's going to happen this summer? Honestly, nobody knows. It's a fairly weak free agent class and I think a fairly weak free agent class just opens up the possibility for craziness with trades and when it comes to trades in the NBA I mean they can be simple they can barely make a ripple or they can make a huge splash and I guess we'll just have to wait and see what'll happen this summer with that Moving on. Earlier I mentioned the Miami Heat forced a game seven due to a wonderfully masterful performance by Jimmy Butler to the tune of 47 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. Ten years after... LeBron James had a masterful game six in which he scored 45 against Boston in Boston to force a game seven. Now, of course, this doesn't really mean that the Miami Heat are going to win game seven. I was kind of expecting the Heat to lose tonight. I'm kind of surprised that they did win because Jimmy Butler's really hurt with that knee. You know, I didn't know how well his knee was going to hold up. Kyle Lowry. A video emerged yesterday of the Miami Heat arriving in Boston and Kyle Lowry just waddling off of a bus, just unable, completely unable to walk. And Kyle Lowry tonight, 18 points, 10 assists, 4 rebounds, a steal, and a block. (laughs) And so Kyle Lowry had an amazing game as well. And if this is the kind of game that the Miami Heat are going to have, obviously, they'll win game seven. They're the better team over Boston. They're the more talented team over Boston. But Boston could easily just go back to having a monster game seven. Jason Tatum tonight had 30 points. He shot nine for 12, grabbed nine rebounds, blocked a shot, had two steals. Derek White came off the bench, put up 22 for them. Jalen Brown had 20. Boston could easily go on and win game 7 but they didn't and that's the important thing as Ethos Lakers fans we have to be Ethos ethos Heat fans this week because we don't want to see the Boston Celtics win a championship during a year in which the Lakers don't even make the playoffs because remember as winning time says fuck Boston (laughs) I don't know if uh, you know Brew or Dan would appreciate me cursing on the show and I don't do it very much, but it seemed appropriate there. I'll tell you what's frustrating me though, as a Eastern Conference Miami Heat fan. It's it's number one Lakers, don't worry. But I gotta rep the Heat in the East. This Bam out of bio. Why he's so ineffectual against Robert Williams III. I have no idea. I have no idea why Bam just simply cannot be aggressive against Bam Adebayo. The Dan Libetard Show had Tom Haberstroh and Amin Hassan on, and they talked a little bit about this specific topic and Robert Williams' defensive ability. And defense, good, good NBA defense isn't just making a, p- a player miss. It's making sometimes it's making a player not even attempt a shot. And Bam Adebayo tonight played forty one minutes. He put up six shots. He did grab nine rebounds and, grab- and got a steal, two assists, and he was plus twelve. So there is that, but he shot three for six, no three pointers, no free throws, which means he only scored six points in 41 minutes. I'm not trying to sound like Skip Bayless up here, but man, if Bam Adebayo is trying to be the guy that he's telling everyone he is, he's just got to step up and be that guy. Jimmy Butler's doing it. Kyle Lowry's doing it with a torn hamstring. I just don't know why Bam can't do it. But yeah, that's going to wrap it up uh, for this really short episode of ethos Lakers. Thank you guys really very much for taking the time to listen to this show. If you're listening to it during Memorial day weekend, Thank you very much. We just wanted to get this episode out, like I said, to talk about the, you know, the Lakers finally chose their head coach. They chose it before the draft, just like they said they would. And I think they went with the choice that's going to end up making the most sense. And I think it's going to be the choice that's going to end up making whatever players are going to end up being on the roster the most happy. And so I think that also gives the Lakers the best chance to be a contending team next year. The West is really tough. I doubt there are any moves that the Lakers can make that you can definitively say they'll end up being the favorites. I think championships at this point for the next few years are going to come down to who can maintain their overall health the best. And look at the Warriors this year. They were injured a lot earlier in the season. Draymond Green didn't play for most of it. But he's healthy now. And so is Steph Curry. And they're probably going to win the NBA championship. And kudos to them. But until next time, I'm your host for this solo edition of the Ethos Laker po- Lakers podcast, JC DeLeon. You can find me on Twitter at jcdelion one That's also my handle on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow the show on Twitter at Ethos Lakers. And that's also the Instagram handle for Ethos Lakers. And until next time, we are out. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Be safe.